Our communications market is rapidly moving toward a situation where people restrict themselves to their own points of view. Liberals watching and reading mostly or only liberals. Moderates, moderates. Conservatives, conservatives. Neo-Nazis, neo-Nazis. This increases polarization and limits the unplanned, unanticipated encounters that are central to democracy itself. More recently, Pariser in 2012 argues that we are not only self-selecting into echo chambers, we are being steered into them whether we like it or not. In trying to show us content we will click on, Google's personalized search results and Facebook's personalized news feeds screen out content we are most likely to disagree with and create a comfortable bubble of like-minded information. Epstein and Robertson in 2015 argue that the effects on American democracy could be profound. They conduct laboratory experiments in which potential voters are shown manipulated search results that favor one side of the political spectrum or the other. They then ask participants about their voting intentions. They find large effects which, if extrapolated outside the laboratory, would imply that large companies such as Google could determine the outcome of many national elections. Yikes! Google could determine the outcome of the next presidential election? The Shorenstein Center of the Harvard Kennedy School summarized the findings of a group of studies in a journalist resource article, Does Facebook Drive Political Polarization? It reported that the Pew Research Center and several university social science departments had shown that political discussions on Twitter often show polarized crowd characteristics, whereby a liberal and conservative cluster are talking past one another on the same subject, largely relying on different information sources. The research confirms that groups are disproportionately exposed to like-minded information, and that information reaches like-minded users more quickly than users of the opposing ideology. Political talk is typically highly partisan and clustered around groups of like-minded users. And it's getting worse. The Schorenstein Center published its results in May 2015 a year before the polarizing Trump versus Clinton race. My experience on Facebook is consistent with the studies reflecting an increasing polarization along political ideological lines. As predicted, my friends increasingly posted hostile comments on politically oriented threads and have retreated into like-minded private groups. The finality of the presidential election results was not an antidote to the irrational passions inflamed by the angry rhetoric of the campaign. Facebook lit up with an even greater vehemence after Trump's election and then again at his inauguration. By hurling insults and ridicule at right-wingers, my left-wing friends were releasing their fury over Trump's election and taking their revenge for the assaults against Obama my right-wing friends posted during his presidency. Social media was not serving as a forum of healing with meaningful conversation about where we go from here after the conclusion of the 2016 presidential campaign. It wasn't used as a medium to develop greater understanding between partisans on opposite sides of the political divide. It wasn't even much used as a form for strategizing 
on how to respond to the surprising election of a neophyte politician as president, whose party would control both Congress and the Senate. Post-2016 election, Facebook was just another place for disappointed Democrats to howl their rage at their political foes and where Republicans could express their triumphant glee.